0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, it is Christmas and my question to you is, who loves Christmas? Who loves Christmas? I am one of those people that absolutely love Christmas. I love carols. I love singing carols. I love the fact that we get to put a carol service on every year as a church. Who loves our carol service? love our carol service and again to all those who put it on this year did a brilliant job love it love it love it what else do I love I love the Christmas tree we had to buy ourselves a new Christmas tree we've moved into a new place so we had to downsize our Christmas tree our Christmas tree was way too big for our new little place so we had to buy a new one picked up an absolute bargain that's another thing I love I love bargains (laughs) got a tree for $25 thank you very much and bought some baubles for $5, lights for $5, $35 done and dusted, brand new tree, amazing. It's only about that big, but it's, it's cute. It kind of looks big in our little home, which is awesome. So I, I love the Christmas tree. I love the Christmas lights. I know that uh, around Adelaide, there are certain streets that are known for having the best light display. I'm not sure where they are. I just know where they're not. They're not where I live. Who likes the Christmas lights? Love Christmas lights. And who loves presents? Love the Christmas presents. Quick poll I did a poll on Instagram about the givers and the getters, and it came out that there was 91% of people who polled that love giving, and only uh, I think it was 9% that actually like getting. So, either we've got a lot of generous people that follow me on Instagram, or a lot of liars. I'm not sure. The actual person I can actually vouch for that actually loves giving more than getting would be Taylor Crouch. She's one of the people I know that actually loved the whole giving thing. But if you voted and you are a generous giver and you love it, God bless you. If you're lying, then you're in a good place. We can just repent and just be healed in Jesus' Name, uh, which is great. What else do I love about Christmas? I love Christmas movies. Who loves Christmas movies? Who's grateful for Netflix and all those streams out there? Because there's so many films today, so many more films than when I was younger growing up. Right now, there is a plethora of films that you can watch on Netflix and on Stan and on Prime and on Disney and all those things, which means there's a lot of good ones and there's a lot of... Not so good ones. And I've got to be honest with you, we've probably seen more not so good ones than good ones. But if you want a really good Christmas movie, I can vouch for Last Christmas. Who's seen Last Christmas? Love Last Christmas. If you haven't seen that, you will love it. It's a a little bit of a tearjerker, but but it's a good tearjerker. So that's good. There is one I won't mention by name, but um, I can say that when the film started and it came up, uh, Brain... Power Studios presents. I thought this can't be good. <laughs> what movie that can be any worth watching comes out of Brain Power Studios? I don't know, but uh, that wasn't a great film. And uh, I do know that uh, there are some good ones, so enjoy tonight. But last night, we educated our youngest child with the greatest Christmas movie of all time. And that, of course, is none other than Die Hard. Back in 1988, they just got it right. They just made the ultimate Christmas movie. And I know it's the ultimate Christmas movie because our 15-year-old daughter said, that is the ultimate Christmas movie. Just just a great Christmas film. So we, we watched that. And if you haven't seen Die Hard, uh, you're either very young, or you just haven't lived. I'm not sure, but uh, get on to that one. So tonight it's Die Hard 2, then it's Die Hard 3 the next night, and the night after that is Die Hard 4. That's that's how we're going to educate our children in the ways of good Christmas movies. There we go. Having said all of that, uh, I, I want to talk today about what it's really all about, because you know, as good as all of those things are, Christmas is not all about those things. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do love them as I've just mentioned, but it's not what Christmas is really all about. And I want to talk about what it's about today in the limited time that I have. And if you have your Bibles or you want to look on the screen, read with me from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, and I want to read from verse 18 to 21 this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came to be. It says, His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found to be with child, get this, through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. And so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. If you want a title for my message today, it would simply be this about Christmas. We want to talk about Christmas today, we want to look at what it's really all about. Because all those things I've just mentioned before, as good as they are, it's not really what Christmas is all about. And I wanna talk to you today about what Christmas really is. Yeah. And if you wanna keep it really simple and you wanna have a little takeaway for today, you, look, you need look no further than Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, because it highlights all that Christmas is about. Yeah. Christmas is about four things. It's about a person, it's about a problem, it's about a promise, and it's about a people. Yeah. I'll say that again, it's about a person, it's about a problem, it's about a promise and it's about a people. And they're all found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. You can go home now, there it is. That's Christmas and what it's all about. But because I have a little bit more extra time, I'm gonna explain those four things very quickly. How does that sound? So the first one is a person. She will be give birth to a son. The person can be summed up in one word, Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. He is the reason For the season. And whatever you believe about Christmas and whatever it means to you, Christmas has its origins in the birth of Christ. The fact that Jesus Christ came is not in question. The two most celebrated days of the year are around the life of Christ. You can't deny that. Even our dating method goes back to the life of Christ. The fact that Jesus Christ came is not in question. The question is, how can a baby born some 2000 years ago on the other side of the world have such an impact on us here in Adelaide? How is it that this child can stop traffic, close shops and cause families that don't even like each other to spend the day together? Talk about a miracle. And that miracle will happen today. Are you with me? It's because this child was no ordinary baby. This is the day that God came to earth. That day there was a miracle in the manger. This birth was a miraculous birth. And I know it may seem hard to believe. It was even hard for Mary. Mary didn't believe it. When an angel visited her and said, you found favour in the eyes of the Lord, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you'll give birth to a son. She said, how can that be? This is impossible. But here's the thing, God is into the impossible. God is into impossibilities. Impossibilities don't deny the existence of God. They simply highlight the limitations of humanity. What is impossible for us is possible for God. Mary said, I'm a virgin. How can I give birth to this child? And the answer is, but God. The answer is that God is able to do that which is impossible. And this virgin birth changes history. It simply means that God, Jesus is the God-man, not just a holy man and not just a good man. He came from a different lineage. It also means that man is not alone, yeah. that God has broken into the human cycle and He's broken in to humanity. And it also means that God Loves us. He took the first step to redeem humanity. This is the gospel. This is the good news of this child that was born in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. It's about a person, and that person goes by the name Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. Secondly, it's about a problem. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a problem. Now turn to the other person, your second choice, and say, and so do I. (laughs) We do, we all have a problem. And our problem can be summed up in one word. And that is sin. Turn to the person next to you and say, sin. Sin Sin is a biblical word that simply means to miss the mark. It's an archery term. You think about an archer with a bow and arrow and they aim for the target. And if they missed the bullseye, you'd hear sin would be shouted out. It means you've missed the mark. And the Bible says it this way, that all of us have missed the mark. All of us have fallen short of God's best. Let's be honest, we don't even measure up to our own standards, let alone God's holy standard. We all miss the mark. How many of you said, I'm gonna do the dishes today or I'm not gonna lose my temper today or I'm not gonna speed today. And we don't even measure up to those standards we put on ourselves, let alone God's holy standard. I was convinced today I would stick to the speed limit. And when it says slow down to 40, I'm gonna do 40. 40. And then this car went past me and I said, well, if it's all right for him, I'll just just run a bit faster. (laughs) I missed the mark. I had every intention, but I missed the mark. Why is it that I do what I don't wanna do and what I wanna do, I don't do? Anyone feel like that? That's because we have a problem and that problem is sin. And sin does two very significant things to us all. The first one is that sin makes us self-focused. That's the problem with sin. It makes it all about us. It makes it all about you and and all about me. We are motivated by our wants. We're motivated by our needs. We're motivated by our feelings. And we become more aware of what we don't have than what we do have. Some of you right now are really happy with what you receive for Christmas, but you're soon going to lose that happiness because you're going to go to your family and friends and see what they got. And this sin in us just always thinks about ourselves and what we don't have and we start comparing ourselves with others and the Bible says it's not wise that we compare ourselves to others and yet that's what we do because that's what sin does. It makes life all about us. We have a problem and I know I'm in good company when I say that. The second thing that sin does is that it causes us to look to creation to find what only the Creator can give us. It causes us to look horizontally for answers instead of vertically for answers. We look to creation for life, for hope, for peace, for rest, for contentment, for identity, for meaning. And I do love creation. I mentioned that three months ago, we were able to move down to the beach and I love it. I love waking up and being able to see the ocean. I love it. It does something for my soul. The trouble is with ocean, it can't help me. It can't help me with my problems. It can't help me with this problem that I have, this sin nature that I have, this this obsession with myself that I have. I love it. I'm grateful for creation, but I know that it can't help me. And the problem is when we look to creation to help us for what only the Creator can do. Do you know the purpose of creation was to point us to the Creator? Every time I look out and see this incredibly vast, beautiful, magnificent ocean, I meant to say, wow, what an incredible God that created this magnificent ocean. Maybe you're not an ocean person and you feel sorry for me that I'm by the sea. You think, it's poor old you, I hate the sea, that's fine. Maybe you like the hills. Maybe you like the trees. But every time you see a hill, every time you see a tree, You're meant to say, wow, what an incredible God that created the trees and the hills. Maybe you're not into those things. Maybe you're into animals. Maybe you're an animal lover. Again, like Taylor Crouch. Maybe you're a a dog person. And if you're a dog person, that's okay. If you're a cat person, I've got nothing for you. Cats only appeared after the fall of mankind. They're not part of God's creation. I'm convinced of that. But when we look to these things and worship them, when we look to these things, you think of the ancient Egyptians and they'd have all these cats and they'd worship cats. I mean, how far off the mark can you be? (laughs) We were never meant to worship creation. Creation was there to point us to the Creator. And the trouble is with sin, it makes us self-focused. And we look to creation to help us where only the Creator can. And every time we do that, every time we get selfish, we miss the mark. And every time we look to creation for the answers, we miss the mark. Christmas is about a person, his name is Jesus. Because there is a very real problem we will face and that problem is sin. The third thought is this, that Christmas is about a promise. The promise is that he will save. This promise can be summed up in one word. Salvation, salvation. if I say salvation, Jesus came to save people from, this is good news, their sin. The word gospel, which is the story of Jesus simply means good news. And this is why it's good news that Jesus comes with a promise. He came to save people from their sins. He came to save people and help people like you, like me, where we miss the mark, where we're so consumed with selfishness, where we're looking to creation instead of the Creator. Jesus came to fill in the gap, to fill in the void, to help us when we could not help ourselves. And that is why Jesus came into planet Earth. See, this babe in a manger grew to be a man. And He lived on planet Earth for about 33 years, give or take. And it was as a thirty-year, year old man that He went to the cross and offered His life as a ransom for us. In actual fact, Jesus was born to die. He came to die. What point does His death serve? It serves as a substitution. Now, I've shared this story before, but I just love sharing it because it's me talking about my glory days when I used to play soccer. But back in the day, when we were in the under-16 grand final at Highmarsh Stadium, Para Hills Knights were playing Adelaide City, or known as Juventus back then. And it was, it was like the English versus the Italians. And it was, it, was, it, was like, it was like World War III. It was just awesome. It wasn't just soccer. It was much more important than that. This is like, this was awesome. And long story short, we got into the final... And uh, we went up early in the game, then they equalised, and then we went up again. And, and uh, just as we was nearing the end of the game, the Italians, God bless them, yeah, do what they do better than anyone else. and That's tackle badly. I'm just, no, I shouldn't say that. But I, 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 I got this tackle that actually took me out of the game. I actually got taken to hospital. So I couldn't go on. And what did the, what did the coach do? He substituted me. Because I was unable to go on. I was unable to play in my own strength. And so I was substituted. The good news is we went on to win the game. And because we were part of the team, I got the part of the trophy and we're still part of that winning side. This is what Jesus did for us. When we couldn't do for ourselves what we needed to do, Jesus steps in and says, I'll do it for you. That's what his death's all about. It's a substitution. I can't do this. I I know, I, I will step in. I can't be good enough. I can't be strong enough. I can't be wise enough. I know that's why Jesus came and went to the cross and laid down His life as a substitution. Because we're all guilty of sin, sin is worthy of the death penalty. And Jesus knew that. So He said, I will die instead of you dying. And my death will bring life to you. Not only eternal life, but also an abundant life because this life of Jesus will bring purpose to your here and now, not just in the future. I don't know about you, I want my steak on the plate while I wait for the pie in the sky when I die. Are you with me? Sound good? Do you remember that saying, Pastor Danny? I think you probably told me it back in 1983. I don't know. It's been around for a little while. See, God knew that we were incapable of helping ourselves. And so he substituted us with Jesus. And Jesus took the punishment that we deserved. Why? Because God is too holy to ignore sin, but He's too loving to ignore people. And this is His solution, so that sin is not ignored and people are not ignored. Sin was dealt with and people receive the greatest gift of all. He took our place and He died that we might live. That's the promise of Christmas. And the fourth thing is this. It's for a people. Everyone say a people. A people. And that people could be summed up in one word. Us. Say us. 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 See, from the beginning of time, God has always loved people. We look at the very first humans on the earth were given the best place, the best garden. Why? Because God is madly and passionately in love with people. He always has been and He always will be. He loves us so much that He sent prophets and He sent priests to love and to encourage and to warn us. Do you know warning people is part of loving people? Think about the parents in this room when little Johnny's near that stove that's hot. You wanna warn them because why? You love them, you don't want them to get burnt. And, and, and Jesus, our God, in His wisdom, sent godly men, godly women to encourage and warn and love God's people, the very people that He was madly and passionately in love with Him. But this is how we responded to God's messengers. We ignored them. You read the Old Testament, it's just prophet being persecuted and killed and mocked and ignored. And then there's this period of 400 years of silence. And Jesus, this babe in a manger, comes to planet Earth. And the message is that while you keep ignoring me, I'm gonna keep loving you. Right now, whether you're in this room or watching online, you may be ignoring God. You may be disinterested in God. You may not even be familiar or aware there is a God but God continues to love you. He continues to love this world. He loves this world so much, He gave this incredible child some 2000 years ago as the greatest gift to humanity. We sing a song, all I want for Christmas is you. Well, I think God wrote that song because all He wants for Christmas is you, and you, and you, and you, and you. And if I was Mariah Carey, I'd sing it with gusto. I'd even wear a miniskirt. I would do that. I just, whatever, but it just wouldn't be good. But He's so madly and passionately in love with us. And while we keep ignoring Him, He keeps loving us. This babe in a manger is an act of mercy, It highlights that our God is a God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance because He wants to do life with us. This mercy was seen right throughout the life of Jesus. When a woman was brought to Him in the act of adultery and people wanted her dead, He stepped in the gap and showed her mercy. And He's been showing the world mercy ever since. See, some people think that God is narrow minded. How can God say, and how can you, Christians, say that there's only one way to God? That sounds like a narrow minded God to me. Only one way. But can I just encourage you to take a pause just for a moment? Because to me, that's the wrong question. Why is there only one way? To get to be with God in heaven is the wrong question. I think a better question stems from this thought. In light of the way we as as humanity have treated God, ignored God, have treated His church, have treated His people with our selfishness. Without looking to creation and ignoring God, thumbing our nose at God. In light of this time and time and time again, God continues to pour out His love toward us. The better question is not, why is there only, uh, why is there only one way? The better question to ask is, why is there a way at all? Why does He still leave access for me to be with Him? When I've been so selfish and I've ignored him to the extent that I have? And the answer is because he is madly and passionately in love with us. So don't view Jesus as the only way as God being narrow minded, but view it in light of what it really is that God is generous, kind, forgiving, and caring. You see, Christmas really is a big deal. And many people go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. And they get present after present after present. But they never receive the greatest gift of all. And that is the gift of Jesus. What is Christmas all about? It's about a person. And His name is Jesus. And He came because... We have a problem, and that is sin. And this child came with a promise, and that is the gift of salvation. And it's for all people. And that includes you, includes me, it includes the rich, it includes the poor, it includes the lowly, it includes the rich. On the night he was born, he was visited by the rich and the poor, the wise men and the shepherds. Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for you. And I would hate us to go another Christmas and not be open to the notion that Jesus is for you. He's not just for your parents. He's not just for that previous generation. He's for the youngest in this room today. And he's for the oldest. I hope today with what I've shared is either a reminder to every believer out there. And I hope it's an enlightened you if Christianity is something you've not grasped, received or been a part of before. I would count an honour and a privilege this morning just to lead each and every one of us in a simple prayer that opens our world up to God for believers and unbelievers, because my heart is this Christmas, that if you're a believer, you would get to know Jesus better. That you wouldn't settle for the relationship you have with him, but you get to know him better. And if you're not a believer, that your eyes would be opened to the incredible goodness of this God who loves you. And so I'm gonna ask, everyone just close their eyes just for a moment. If you're watching online, maybe just close your eyes. I'd love to lead you in this prayer, and I'd love if you could just pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for dying for my sins. I desire to know you more. I open my heart to you. I surrender to you. Forgive me of all of my sins. Show me your ways. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Hey, in keeping with the spirit of Christmas, have you prayed that prayer? and you meant it in your heart, and you want to begin a faith journey with Jesus, you want to come back to that relationship you once had with Him, we'd love to kickstart and help you in that decision you're making today by giving you a gift, the gift of God's Word, His Bible. So if you're watching online, all you got to do is click the I said yes button. We'd love to get you a copy of this Bible. If you're in the room before you leave, and I know many of you have family shows and get-ups to go to, But before you do that, why not make your way to the Here to Help stand as you're on your way out. And we'd love to get you that gift. Can we just put our hands together for those making that decision today? We're never going to twist your arm. We're never going to force you to make that decision. It's too personal. It's too personal. But we do want to create opportunity for you to take your next step. Amen. I hope this has been helpful for every believer in this place. I hope it's a good reminder. I hope it will help you to share what it is that you believe. What's Christmas all about? It's about a person. It's about a problem. It's about a promise. And it's about a people. And that includes all of us here today. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.